Welcome to a team-building episode of Save Station Radio, where this time we are talking about Sonic Heroes. Uh, I am your host, Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. And once again, we are talking about Sonic Heroes, the third game in our Sonic Marathon. Of course, this was released on the GameCube, GameCube Xbox, and PS2 originally, um, January 6, 2004 on the GameCube, and... January 27th, 2004 on the Xbox and PS2. Didn't realize uh, Nintendo getting a couple week exclusive on that one. Good good for them, I guess? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they already had the exclusivity for the, other, for the first two adventure games. I had somewhat insinuated in the past episode that they would... That, that also released on Xbox and PS2. That wasn't the case, you know. Sega partnered with Xbox for the later Sonic games, meaning Heroes and Shadow, but this one, uh, Adventure 1 and 2 didn't uh, get on the Xbox. But this uh, Sonic Heroes did release on the PC November 17th of 2004, so later that year. Yes. And then also, I didn't know this till recently, this PSN release that apparently only happened in Europe. And Japan, yes. In Japan, which is kind of infuriating why (laughs) yeah it was weird because in the states the digital re-releases of the sonic games got butchered by some decision at sega was that after the failure of like 06 and secret rings they decided to go into like damage control and start scrubbing any sort of acknowledgement of games with a middle middling metacritic score and this one had a score of 72 so i feel like it got kind of caught up in that but i don't know why europe and japan got that yeah also that's not a middling score granted it's too high of a score which we'll get into later but that's a good score at least in my eyes that's like that's like a pretty okay video game yeah i mean throw it up on the store for 10 bucks and make some yeah. money off of it but i don't know i mean we had to track down gamecube copies to be able to play it for the show so like I, I, that's just something that annoys me i don't know why we didn't get that but once again you have done a fabulous job of finding us notes on the development so do you want to give us some cool information yeah so this uh boggled my mind when i started diving into this um sonic heroes was initially started fairly after Adventure 2, kind of just to keep the train rolling. However, it was only developed by a 19-member team within Sonic Team USA. In our last episode, we discussed how Sonic Team split and half went to San Francisco. Well, they put a 19-member team from within that San Francisco team to develop the new Sonic game, for, which was going to be the first multi-platform game they wanted it to be GameCube, Xbox, and PS2. But the development for this game, since they wanted to get it out so quickly, only lasted 20 months. Not even a full Ugh. two years. Only Well, and like, real quick, that small development team thing, at first, when you say that, like, my mind goes to... Because we know at big developers, when they finish a game or are close to finishing a game, they'll put a small team already working on the sequel, you know, like six months before that game comes out which makes sense but this is like they did that but then never gave them more resources yeah usually it's like okay go start brainstorming or start get prototyping and whatnot and then once we get rolling we'll start adding more people to the project this was just only ever 19 people 
Yes. Like, let me put it this way. Um, Hitman 3 just came out, right? We know at the time of this recording. <laughs> yeah, at the time of this recording. I'm pretty confident that there have been people working at uh, working on their new 007 game, right? And they've probably been working on it for at least a couple of months. And then the at rest least. of the team will go join them now that Hitman 3 is out. But that's not what happened here. Yeah, no, not at all. And 20 months was... I mean, that's less than two-year turnaround for this brand-new 3D Sonic game that wasn't going to... I mean, yeah, they still had some assets and some code and ideas from the Adventure 1 and 2, but it turns out that most of the assets from SA2 couldn't be used in Heroes. So they had to do all that work again. They were using a completely different engine, so they had to start over on the code, and it just seems like an absolute nightmare. And also not helping this was... Uh, Takashi Izuka, the head leader of this project, um, wanted to avoid doing Sonic Adventure 3 since that's, you know, the next logical step. Adventure 2 sold well, so let's do Adventure 3. But he felt that it would only appeal to Sonic fans. Weird. Um, (laughs) which is not the case at all. Like, (laughs) they basically had hard evidence that that wouldn't be the case because, as we mentioned before, or maybe we didn't, but Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube launched, like, a full year before Adventure 1 did on the GameCube. And Adventure 2 sold like crazy, so... And I can guarantee you those weren't all Dreamcast fans. (laughs) So, like, obviously you already know that they're not going to care about the number when they buy it. It's going to be if not just like parents buying it for their kids or kids who are interested in it, then, because that's kind of the target demographic, then, like, you see what I mean? It's just not going to be only Sonic fans. It's going to be a whole new generation that you just exposed with the new Adventure games as well as, you know, Adventure 3 would have sold had this been that, but... Yeah, it's... it, It seems like a silly decision. But whatever. Anyway, uh, he wanted instead, Izuka wanted to emulate the feel of the classic games, the Genesis trilogy plus, but he wanted to do it in 3D, obviously. So um, I feel like the biggest indicators that made it to the final game from that idea is specifically with its linear stages. There's not really a lot of um, offshoots and like different paths to take. There's not a whole lot of, there's not any exploration or treasure hunting stages or anything like that so it's very simple the gameplay also pretty straightforward not a lot of um you know it's not like adventure one where there's six different play styles it's just the same um the special stages with the tube and the orb is all the same and then the music as well took heavy cues from the genesis era it's also kind of the idea segmented into into acts and zones i don't think it calls them zones but they are yeah, so there's basically, what is it, seven zones? Yeah, with two levels per, so it's like... With two acts, but yeah. very similar. They're all segmented into different levels, it says, which is good, thank God, but like, it's very much has that structure. You get two stages with the same level aesthetics, and then you move on to the next zone. So here's where things get messy, because Sega, doing their Sega thing that they've been doing to Sonic since Sonic 3, basically. 
says, okay, you have a very tight deadline to finish this. <laughs> and so Izuka, there's a couple interviews that I found, and I'll put links to them in the description. But Izuka said, and I quote, uh, the level design for Sonic Heroes was made by two people, me and one other person. As we got to the later stages of development, this other person got pretty sick and didn't show up to work, so level design was made by one person. So for the very last stages of the game, I didn't sleep at all and I was constantly working. I lost about 22 pounds because I was just cranking away and it was work, work, work. I didn't sleep because I had to finish the game on my own, almost dying, he said. <sighs> Which Good is up, just Sega. the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jesus. Um, I don't know why Sega was so adamant of this being a January 2004 release. <laughs> I mean, they're weird. Like, we've seen this before, and we'll, you know, we, we'll get into this in more depth when we talk about 06, but that game basically came out the way it did because they wanted to hit Sonic's 15th anniversary, <laughs> which is so dumb. So, like... Yeah, well, and I was researching this, and I didn't put it in my notes because I didn't think it was special, but they said they wanted this one to coincide with its his 12th anniversary. Like, what? why? Yeah, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It's the 12th. No one gives a I, I mean, quite frankly, nobody gives a shit about the 15th either. Why would you push your unfinished game out? Just delay it. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally fine. And we'll um, get into that more in a couple weeks, but yeah. Yeah, and it's something that continues to happen, unfortunately, so... But this also being the first uh, multi-platform game, they partnered with Criterion Software to use the Renderware engine, which had the um, benefit of being easily ported to the Xbox and PS2, while also they were developing primarily for the GameCube. I should have looked this up before we talked about this, so I'm of a big dummy. Is this Criterion Burnout Criterion? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Criterion Games and Criterion Software are the same. That's really interesting. Okay. I, I could see that for an engine choice then. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, mainly they were looking for something easy to use that they didn't have to do a whole bunch of work porting, and apparently that was a pretty good option for a fast-paced game, I guess, so. Yeah, I mean, it's a race. They, they make racing games, so. There you go. Huh. They also steered away from having version-exclusive content, so all three game, all three versions of the game... PS2, Xbox, and GameCube are identical. The only difference is that the PS2 version runs at 30 frames per second and the Xbox and GameCube versions run at 60. That's the only difference between the versions. Get 30 more frames per second. Yep, to avoid playing on the PS2. The, uh, For the record, Dustin and I both played the GameCube version for this review. Um, they decided to cut the Chow Garden... Um, since they feared that it would disrupt the pace of the game too much, and instead of having a chow garden, they just made the ranking system at the end of the stages more strict, so that you could you'd have to try harder to get those A ranks. They're trying to get more replay value, which I think they probably had covered with the structure, but whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, kind of just steering away from the adventure era, but um, keeping to that sort of just listening to fans a little bit they cut the kinds of gameplay that was more criticized such as you know fishing which was already gone in sa2 and the mech shooting from sa2 was heavily criticized during its launch periods so they decided to cut that as well 
um, one last thing they brought the this game also reintroduces Team Chaotix, which was initially from a game for the Sega 32X, which was an add-on for the Sega Genesis. And that game was called Knuckles Chaotix, and it was a 2D platformer that had a team-based mechanic where you'd have have two characters that were tethered together, and it had Vector, Charmy, and Espio, who were all in Sonic Heroes, and then it also had Mighty the Armadillo, who did not make it in Sonic Heroes, unfortunately. Um, he got sent to Purgatory to live out his days until Sonic Mania Plus. That's an interesting thing. That's that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, th- these were characters that were only from one basically spin-off game for a add-on that no one had <laughs> and a game that no one played. So they're like, hey, we'll bring him back. Uh, there was another quote from a different interview that is actually... Uh, where did I find this? It's from Electronic Gaming Magazine, and it was an interview right around the release date, so around 2004. Um, obviously, the site doesn't really have it, so in the Internet Archive, you can still find it. Um, I'll put a link to that as well. And Azuka, in this interview, stated that he didn't really bring back Chaotix. He said, quote, there's, they're new characters who happen to fit into the game. Those characters have never been used by Sonic Team, and we weren't involved with Knuckles' Chaotix. <laughs> so he was basically saying, hey, we just reused these designs that we had from another game and just put them as new characters. It seems wild. <laughs> So, let's just get into um, let's just get into what this game is. So, like you said, it is a very much straightforward platformer. It does kind of in structure feel like the two D games, but in three D. Uh, so, it has the different team mechanics, and on the surface, it would appear that there's twelve playable, playable characters. There's not. There's technically three if you really think about it. So, you pick between the four teams: Team Sonic, which is the classic trio, obviously Sonic, Tails, Knuckles; uh, Team Dark, which is Shadow. Rouge and the robot. E one two three Omega. Omega, who I will compliment and say is much cooler than Gamma. Oh, he's so fantastic. Much cooler Omega's probably my favorite character in this entire game. Yeah. Um. So good on that. You fix that problem. Uh. Team Rose, which is Amy, Cream, and Big, and Cream Team Chaotix, the Rabbit, who was initially shown off in Sonic Advance Two for the Game Boy Advance. And had a yeah. cameo in Sonic Adve- Adventure DX for the GameCube. She's finally in the actual mainline game, so. Yes. So, what this does, so you pick one of these teams, and they all play almost identically. They, there's a couple of exclusive moves, but I'd say they're generally not that important. And if they if they were important, those sections of the levels were admitted for those characters. So, like, Sonic and Shadow can lightspeed dash. But they're the only ones who can, but the other levels without those characters don't use those, so it doesn't matter. Basically, it's a mechanic where you play all three characters at once, and you switch between different archetypes. So you have your speed archetype, which obviously that'd be the Sonic of the group, um, where you run faster, or you can... You can't do a spin dash, but you do a thing that's basically an equivalent, where you can... Like, the characters will kick you, it's kind of weird looking. Um, You can do, like, a 
jump tornado spin thing, which will help with traversal. There'll be like these poles you can spin on and he'll flip around and uh, get you to the next part of the level. You can also use it in combat in certain instances to like flip armored enemies. Or to remove enemy shields as the main use. Yeah. Lightspeed dash. He's Of course, the homing attack is back, which is good. And uh, is there anything else I'm missing with that archetype? Uh, there's also the triangle jump where they can cling to a wall and then jump between oh, yes. two close walls. It's used fairly sparingly, but when it's used, it's actually pretty neat. Um, Amy from Team Rose does not have the triangle jump, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, and then you have the flying characters who, when you pick them, everybody will stand on the shoulders and you can do a little bit of flying for a short amount of time. Uh, help you cross gaps, platforming, a little platforming with it. Um, their attack is they can shoot the character out from under them. So uh, kind of like a ranged attack. Uh, there will be a couple instances where you have to hit switches from far away with characters. That's kind of basically it. They're very simple. But yeah, mostly for traversal. And then there's the power characters, which are mostly combat related. So your knuckles of the group. Uh, and they will like throw the other characters into robots. You can punch on the ground, though I found it more effective to jump in the air, especially with knuckles. And uh, do like it's not a ground pound, but you're basically slamming the other two characters onto the ground. And they have AoE effects. They can also break open certain walls and stuff like that. But that's basically it in terms of gameplay variety. And all four teams have one of each, or have all of each archetype. So the team essentially, in terms of like how they play moment to moment, kind of just feels like different skins <laughs> for the same thing. Like there's a couple smaller differences. Um, like SBO, when you do the tornado attack, goes invisible, but like it's like used once. <laughs> like. So, like, honestly, that stuff is very much, like, appearance-based. Uh, what isn't, though, is the teams all do different things for the levels. And I, like, kind of, I'm saying that kind of in quotes. Uh, basically, Sonic Team is a normal mode, Shadow is a hard mode, and Rose is an easy mode, and Team Chaotix is, like, a challenge mission mode. Yeah, so what that means, basically, is that Team Rose is going to have the shortest stages and the a lot fewer enemies per stage also i feel like level ups are a little more prevalent uh team sonic is like about average to slightly long length of stages um and it has a fair bit of challenging enemies team dark the stages can go on for ages <laughs> like 8 to 12 minutes long and the enemies are a lot harder they tend to throw a lot more at you as well um, and then Chaotix is, you're always hunting for something. There's a couple stages that are just um, get to the goal ring like the rest of them, but Chaotix also will have missions that will say to like find 10 Chow in the level or kill make sure you robots. kill all the enemies. Yeah. yeah, so there's plays a little bit different just in terms of having to scan the level for items sometimes. Yeah, and you mentioned it quickly too. There's um, There's a level up system where you'll basically find three um, experience points for each type of character for each level. Uh, it's not a permanent upgrade. It only upgrades you for that level or until you die. Then you have to start over. Um, and they're basically just power level ups. I don't know. Maybe you can go faster if you get them too. But they basically make it so you can hit kill enemies in one hit, pretty much is what I noticed when you fully level up. Yeah, the level ups are mainly just for dealing damage. Uh, this is the first game to introduce health bars on the enemies. 
uh, Adventure Two, One and Two, they all died in a single hit. This one, they can take more, which can be annoying. And by can be, I mean most of the times it's pretty annoying. Well, okay, real quick, save that for a second because we'll we'll get to that in a minute. So, in terms of story, there barely is any. <laughs> um, you're basically working off premises for each team, and Team Sonic's is literally like, Doctor Eggman's up to some. <laughs> let's go stop him. <laughs> Like, yep, pretty much. Uh, Rose is like, we want to go find Sonic, and I guess Froggy and a Chow that he may or may not have for some reason. Chaotix is they can't pay rent, <laughs> so they get hired <laughs> to go do all these missions, which I actually think is kind of funny. Team Dark is the one with the most complicated narrative and the most callbacks to Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> so basically, the only, like, if you care about story for some reason, it's the only one you should probably play. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. That's, yeah, to be fair, Team Dark's the only one that actually matters and then will lead into the next game. Yes. In massive quotes there, <laughs> but... Yes, massive, massive quotes. Let's do a quick, what is your history with this game? Yeah, so obviously I was a kid that grew up with a GameCube, and uh, one of my first games was Sonic, Advan- Sonic Adventure 2, and I loved that game to death, so when there were more Sonic games, you know, at the pawn shops or the GameStop or whatever, um, obviously I had to get them a- give them a try. So I got this game as a kid, and... I played quite a bit of it, but was never really that good at it. I only ever finished Team Rose as a kid, the easy mode, basically. I went back, I actually had my old save file, which I was convinced that I had finished, but I never did. Um, Turns out, I think I only got about halfway through Team Dark, about a little more than that as Team Chaotix, and then about 70% as Team Sonic. It was also the first game I ever pulled an all-nighter for, and it was for one of the later stages that is absolutely rude. So um, there's that. It was the age of nine. So yeah, I mean, I have a lot of fond memories. I have a lot of painful memories with this game, but uh, definitely very nostalgic for me. Yeah, it's also very nostalgic for me, though I never owned it. Uh, This is a game that I played at your house or another friend's house who had it that I knew. Um, the closest I ever had to owning it was actually, I had a demo for the PC version, and I played the hell out of that, which is just the, I think it was the first two levels. I can't quite remember, but I really loved playing that, and I always really wanted to own this game, so I never beat it. It's one of those things that I'm like, man, I have such a chance for it, and I never played it, uh, when I was an adult. It's not like Sonic Adventure 1 or 2, where, again, we talked about where it's not truly widely available, um, anymore, which is dumb. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah it's it's just one of those like i never really had it as a kid so i always wanted it you know um yeah and i think it was actually that pc demo that you had at your house that got me interested enough to get it for myself for the gamecube i think by this time you had also had an xbox so you're kind of moving away from these as well but i don't know yeah, that would be all... about right yeah but i definitely distinctly remember playing that pc demo and um, thinking it was really cool. So, 
All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's just talk about it then. <laughs> let's uh, let's have this therapy session. Because despite all of that, despite me really wanting this game and you know really looking forward to doing this episode, this is not a good video game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not great. No, it's not. It's barely Unfortunately, good. Unfortunately, <laughs> I I wouldn't. i think it's barely good on paper it's great i think that conceptually this is a great game i think it's a shame they never went back and visited and visited this concept like they've always had a thing where they wanted multiple characters multiple play styles so squeezing them all into one is a great idea i love that and i think it adds a level of depth to the sonic stages that makes sense it adds something that's like you know, makes you think about it, but it's at the same time not too complicated, so you don't have to think about it that hard. Basically, what characters do what. You were talking about the health bars and enemies. I don't mind that at all. Like, I think that's a great idea to incentivize you to switch to the power characters or the flight characters to take care of certain enemies. Um, also, it incentivizes you to explore a little bit and find the experience points, which I think is smart. I, I actually really like that experience points system. I think it's clever. I also will compliment the visuals. I think it looks nice for a GameCube game especially for only having 20 months of development. <laughs> yeah, but it's bright and it's colorful. Its music's okay. It doesn't stick out to me as much as Adventure 2, but it's all right. Um, well, and you, you know, talking about the structure, I think they wanted to, and talking about how they didn't want to, how they wanted to attract more than just Sonic fans, I think their whole goal with this thing was to make something that felt Saturday morning cartoonish. And I think they succeeded yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. I think they... The visuals succeed. I think the theme song succeeds, especially. That theme song is wonderfully cheesy, um, even more so than the music from the last couple games. It's great. Uh, I think that the voice acting does, in a bad way for me, in a negative way, where I'm just annoyed the whole time, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm not the target audience anymore as an adult. But I I think the whole issue is... There's, there's two issues that truly plagued this game. It's control, um, especially the speed characters. They feel very slippery. Um, they almost have the same issue I have with Mario 64, where you can't truly turn on a dime. <laughs> so there will be instances where you'll just fall off the edge of a platform on accident, and it doesn't feel like your fault, which sucks <laughs> um, and is not fun. And then the level design is just bad, and especially later on in the game. I think it just gets worse as you go, where... Um, there are scripted sequences that straight up kill you. And we talked about this in Adventure 1 a little bit, how sometimes you'll do something in that game and it'll, you know, it, it will kill you too. This is like 10 times worse. <laughs> like, like that game, it happened every once in a while. This one, you just gotta like, it's like trial and error. It sucks. <laughs> Honestly, I think as much as I um, didn't like the sort of like the health bars on enemies i do enjoy the sort of combat element that it has and the health bars do um you know incentivize that and it helps you know put a more heavier focus on switching between power and flight characters to deal with certain enemies um, my biggest problem happens when there are enemies that aren't designed around that specifically certain flying enemies that are used for homing attack chains where they have like three health when they really have no business having three health so instead of just hitting it and killing it and then moving on to the next one it hits it 
and then the homing attack can't quite decide between the next one or the current one and then it just kind of messes it up uh there's also one level that has ghosts that are not designed around combat i never had that problem yeah well if you're at a high enough level they just die instantly but i if you die and then you have to do it again then it can be somewhat annoying that sucks um well for me they wouldn't die instantly but the other two characters would hit them yeah that can happen but sometimes the other characters will slip off an edge and take a little bit to get back to you or they just just won't think about attacking for some reason you know as much as you are in control of all three of them you're in control of one of them primarily and the other two kind of work this um also can happen with the uh power characters that use the other characters as projectiles which all of the teams have this move sometimes if a character is stunned by an enemy or if they've like slipped off the edge and then are taking a little bit to respawn or if there's just obstacles in the way then when they try to get to you they'll bump into something and it'll take a little bit for your attack to actually have the ammunition it needs there's just some jank that can get in the way totally I mean, that's the main issue with the health bars, and I feel like this game specifically uses it pretty well. Obviously, we'll get into it's not a one-time occurrence. As for, like, the graphics, I actually really enjoyed this game's aesthetic. Yeah, it's nice. All the characters are really smooth, and that's, like, that's the only thing that looks a little weird, but other, but honestly, it kind of fits with the rest of it. This game is so bright and colorful, and... The backgrounds are nicely detailed in a way that's still, like you said, very cartoonish. I feel like this game over even Adventure 1, I feel like this game emulates that sort of classic Genesis era aesthetic more than previous games have. And it ends up looking really nice. Like I feel like this game lives on as one that just continues to look it looks of its time, but not dated, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. It does look great. I would just want to double back real quick. The combat is the best part of this game. Yes, like, I will. 100%. I will, yeah. There are uh, there are basically three types of boss fights in this game. Uh, there's like a Eggman boss fights where you basically chase a giant ship, which are fine. There's character battles, which are horrible. I'll talk about those in a second. <laughs> and then there's uh, like uh, like this horde mode combat arena thing. Those are the times I had the most fun, and I can't believe I'm saying that because I normally hate that in games. I actually hated those fights, but that's really? for another reason. <laughs> I really enjoyed them. I genuinely, I think this game was built around combat, and I think it succeeds there. Um, so I do want to compliment it there. Um, do you want to talk about why you hated those? Yeah, um, specifically the ones with Team Sonic and Team Dark, because they are very, they're long, <laughs> and... With this game's uh, control issues, if you basically what it amounts to is if you tw- switch to Sonic, you're going to fall off the edge and die. And if you try and attack on the ground too many times with Knuckles and Omega, um, they'll slide around a whole bunch. And then you might slide too close to the edge, and then you get hit, and the knockback will knock you off the edge. And when you die, you have to start the entire thing over. <laughs> but as like Team Rose and Team Chaotix, I didn't really have a problem. So I think the combat is great. It's just the the other the main prevailing issue of the platforming kind of gets in the way of it. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And I guess 
part of the thing is like by that time I had already given up trying to ground attack with the power characters <laughs> because I've had I had several instances where knuckles would just fly off the edge so I was like good not doing that anymore so I was just doing the the jump and then attack with him and that works pretty great yeah it does the other team battles the worst parts of this game <laughs> I um, swear I swear they don't even work honestly no they don't they're awful they are so it's it's you find another team it's like the character boss fights in Sonic Adventure 1 and 2, which, by the way, were never good there either. But at least there, they're readable and they're doable. Here, it's just nonsense. It's just chaotic nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. The first one I did, I died like 10 times. I'm not even kidding. Because things would just hit me and I wouldn't understand what I was supposed to do. It's just mash the attack button and hope. <laughs> like, Yeah, 90% of the time, I could not see the opponent. <laughs> so I don't even know what I was attacking. Um, it's basically awful. what it amounts to is I would do this too. I would get into one of them and then I would attack and I would die a couple times just because I couldn't see. And then I would get knocked off the edge and then you die. And then I would just switch to one formation and it's different for a couple of the fights. Like sometimes it's flying, sometimes it's power. And then you just mash the attack button and you can win in 30 seconds. So it really doesn't feel like they're designed in any coherent way because either it's ridiculously easy or you you just die. <laughs> so yeah, the, definitely the low part of the game. Um, which is also why we didn't bother giving the multiplayer any chance really because i know for a fact that the multiplayer is basically that and if it's as broken then it's not worth our time no it's uh those are legitimate garbage <laughs> i have no idea why they put them in there it just sucks some of the things i just want to rail on real quick because i'm angry this game commits like action game sin to me where it will have set piece moments um where you have to like hit a button or whatever to like swing on vines this is specifically the one i'm thinking of and it doesn't put a checkpoint right before they start it puts it way back and this is like what eight levels in and the levels are getting pretty long at this point <laughs> so it's just this infuriating moment where you have to swing on these vines to avoid this giant alligator i think which looks pretty cool but if you don't get the timing right it'll kill you and then you'll have to restart play for like five minutes get back there and remember the timing which just sucks <laughs> like it's not fun yeah i could see that being really frustrating i didn't have a problem with that because i had the timing down maybe just from playing this game for so many years but the and moment I mean, that's that... totally fair it's one of the things where like if you press it instantly you'll probably get it i just like if, if you're off even by a little bit though it's so annoying <laughs> yeah the one that got me though is yeah, this game's checkpoint system is not forgiving at all. I feel like they're either overused where... Like, some of the Team Dark stages, especially in towards the middle of the game, I would get, like, three checkpoints in a row and just not have died at all. And maybe that's just because I'm a pro gamer, but, like, <laughs> um, when I was doing the final level as Team Sonic, you have to do about, like, the first three minutes, and then you get a checkpoint... That's okay. I mean, usually Sonic stages don't last longer than three minutes, but this is fine. These stages are a little bit longer, and that's fine. Um, the next checkpoint after that one is about five minutes later. So if you die somewhere in that five minutes, then you have to go back and do 
that entire five minute section again and it's still really difficult it's the same stage and then if you run out of lives and you get a game over you have to do the entire stage again including that starting three minutes and then there's it's like some of the hardest combat encounters in the game up until that next checkpoint so if you run into a tough enemy he gets a couple unfair hits through your invincibility frames for whatever reason you die you have to do an entire five minute section just to get back to that same spot it is terribly paced yeah it's awful um these levels are pretty long too they're definitely longer than anything from sa2 which is fine it's it's the checkpoint spacing is terrible though like you said and it's like that in pretty much every level uh, at least in my pity like it just feels like every level needs twice the amount of checkpoints they actually have yeah for sure yeah it just sucks <laughs> like like and part of these levels length i think is just because you have to redo them so much because you die so much so they just feel so long and by the end of them you're just done yeah, some of those Team Dark stages, I would get to the end, and I would be at a time of about, like, 10 to 12 minutes, and I would look at the clock, and it was 30 minutes later. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, which, like, you know, that sounds like a long time, 10 to 12 minutes for a Sonic stage, but it, it would be fine if there, the checkpoints were paced appropriately. And if this it's game just... didn't have lives. <laughs> yes, yes, okay, I'm glad you said it, I was gonna get there. This is the poster child for me of, like, this is why you don't put lives in your platformers. Y'all mother <laughs> Like, nothing is more infuriating than losing all your lives and having to restart a f***ing long-ass level. Yeah, for no reason, Where again, reason, you'll get really. to that alligator and f*** up the timing again. I hate it. I hate it. This game hurt me. Physically, it hurt me. Yeah, so there's a stage about... I think it's, like, the second-to-last zone... And there's a stage called Mystic Mansion, and there's a part about eight minutes in, not eight or eight or nine minutes in, where you have to do the homing attack repeatedly on these disappearing enemies. And uh, if you don't get the timing right, then you'll fall to your death. Usually the timing's okay, though. There's also the jank of if one of your team members attacks the next enemy, then you have nowhere to go and you die. Cool. <laughs> and... So this was the reason why I stayed up for a full 24 hours on this game is because I was stuck on that one stage as Team Sonic. I would spend, you know, the eight minutes getting to that spot and then I would uh, get I would die at the homing attack part. I would be sent five minutes back to the last checkpoint since the checkpoints are awful. And then if I failed too many times, I'd have to do the entire eight minute stage again. Yep. And that, that's basically the experience I had with the, the alligator bit. <laughs> like, this time yeah, around. Yeah, as a child, like... I was nine years old, and I spent four straight hours on this one level and still didn't beat it. Uh, nowadays, I did it, like, second try, but, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, it's, no, I didn't have problems with that section either. It's just, like, but, it's like, ridiculously unforgiving. Yeah, so it's just, it sucks. It sucks, too, because when this game gets going, it seems like it's good, like... I, you know, legitimately, I think the first two levels are great. They're fun, and they give you the exact wrong imp impression of the rest of the game. <laughs> like, the beach-based levels are awesome. Even the Metropolis levels are okay, but when, after that, it just goes downhill quick. Yeah, I actually quite, um, I liked it enough to take a note about it. So, the Grim Metropolis as Team Dark, that stage was really long, but I actually enjoyed 
the entire stage, which is a rarity in this game. Basically, like, a couple stages here and there, specifically early on, are pretty great. They're fairly well-paced and not overly difficult. And then basically all of Team Rose, because being the easy mode, their stages only last about three to five minutes, which is a better length, if, um, if a little short, honestly. But they you know, it being easier, you're not going to game over as much, and it's a lot more comfortable. I feel like it's a little bit better to do. So, here's the thing. Everything I've said was true about this game, and about me not liking it, and being angry at it. But, I do think you can enjoy this game. I think there's a good game here. If you buy this game, rip off the bit that says Sonic on the cover, and replace it with Amy. And you just play Amy Heroes. Amy's story is great. Genuinely, I think it is actually pretty fun. Not not fantastic. It's not better than SA2. It's not going to blow your mind or anything. But if you just want like a solid Sonic experience, the Amy bits... I had a great time. Um, we had to delay recording this podcast by a couple days. And basically, I, I was done with the game because I that's the other thing we didn't mention about the structure you have to play all four teams basically you have to play the game four times to actually beat it yeah, I was like, it's no. the exact same stages in the exact same order and yeah the stages are slightly different and the lengths are different but it's the same stages and it's so boring yeah. and i had finished sonics gotten about 60 percent through dark um and like 20 percent through chaotic so i was like it, I'm, I'm done but we were waiting i'm like oh, i guess i'll just start amy's played through that whole thing in one sitting genuinely yep. enjoyed it mm-hmm. had a good time put out a podcast was like oh this is actually kind of a this is a fun sonic experience so like everything i said about this game being both true but there's about there yeah there is a good game somewhere like 15 percent of it if you just play amy's story which only lasts you a couple hours but whatever it's a good time like i had fun i had sonic fun i was speeding through levels it cuts out the bullshit part i talked about earlier in the forest level where you have to swing for the helicopter like swing from the alligator like it's way better, it's way more enjoyable, and it really convinced me that I just think Sonic Team, I think their idea of making something difficult is insane. <laughs> like, it's not making something difficult in a fun way, it's making it difficult by just plastering enemies and garbage everywhere. <laughs> and limiting checkpoints. Yeah. So, and also I do want to talk about too the menu system, because I think it's wild, when you start a new game, you're presented with the teams, but they don't tell you what's different about each team. So you're presented with the options, and in order, it's Sonic Team, Team Dark, Team Rose, Team Chaotix. So it's basically, in order, do you want to play medium, hard, or easy? But they don't tell you that, which is wild. It's also especially wild since Team Rose is third in the list, essentially. Yes, so it's play this on normal and hard. Yeah, it says normal, hard, easy mission, basically, is the order that it says to do. But when you get to Team Rose, there's a stage zero, which is an entire tutorial level, and Team Rose is the only one that has that. So, why? (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. Like, like fire your UI designer. I guess it's probably because this game took only had a couple months to be made or whatever, so I guess I can forgive it. But, like, whose idea was that? Like, I, I kind of like the concept of having difficulties based on characters. I think that's kind of an interesting idea. I 
it, it should have been ordered appropriately though and also labeled it's wild to me that it's not labeled <laughs> yeah and it comes off since it's not labeled and since team rose is the easy mode with a tutorial it comes off as a little uh like i don't want to say like sexist but you know because it's like here's the here's the team oriented for girls and it's also the easy mode and we're gonna teach you how to play it's like come on <laughs> yes yes totally oh here's the edgy boy team you get the hard mode you're good at games like come on <laughs> yes but like i said just play it with that team it's a good time um unless you care about story in which case you have to do the hard mode <laughs> If you care about story, don't play this game. (laughs) Don't, yeah. I think it has one interesting idea, and that's it. But whatever. Um, We mentioned it earlier, but just just one last negative. There are so many grind rails I would hop on, and they would just dump me off into the abyss. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, the grind rails are kind of broken in this game. Uh, It makes it especially wild that there's two whole stages that are nothing but grind rails. I mean, there's a couple platforming bits, but, like, it is a majority platforming, those being Rail Canyon and Bullet Station. I do like the bit where uh, you get shot out of a giant revolver, though. Oh, the four-sided revolver is fantastic, yes. But Rail Canyon specifically, you have to switch rails which has always been something that's fairly unresponsive in the Sonic games, specifically Adventure 2. But they require it here, and since, you know, if you're probably playing as the speed character, since you want to get through the rails faster, if you don't get the button timing right to switch rails, then the momentum that the speed character has will send you flying horizontally. which will put you way too far away from anything that will save you from a bottomless pit. I remember getting a game over uh, on that stage as a kid far too many times for it to be reasonable (laughs) because of that exact issue. Yep. Well, do we have anything else to mention before we get into what little spoilers there actually are? Um, I want to ask what's your favorite, uh, zone aesthetic aesthetic the forest levels yeah. Um, oh yeah for sure favorite actual stage the forest levels the forest levels the forest levels aesthetically those are my favorite uh just purely visual and then the the first zone the beach ocean palace zone is the best playing one yeah for sure um i'm a huge fan of like you said the forest zones aesthetics I honestly think that the second act stage, I forget the name of it now, but I feel like that has the best musical track in the entire game as well. Um, uh, right I don't there. disagree. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, next to the Team Chaotix theme, <laughs> gets me so hyped. But yeah, I would say that like Grand Metropolis and Ocean Palace are probably the best playing stages. Oh, real quick. The special zones suck. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't mention it. The... Uh, special stages oh man i'm gonna get into this yeah so the special stages (laughs) they are the worst in any sonic game ever (laughs) so in order to access the special stage you have to find a key which is in a barred crate and then you have to uh hold on to that key until you get to the end of the stage if you get hit at all or die then you will lose the key. 
So you have to perform perfectly for the entire stage up until the end in order to get a, ch a chance at the special stage. Now the special stages, uh, obviously, like most Sonic games, most of the classic games at this point, you use the special stages to get the Chaos Emeralds. They're not tied to the plot, really, other than the ending. But the only way you can get the Chaos Emerald is in the Act 2 stage of the zone. If you enter the special stage in the Act 1 zone, Act 1 stage of the zone, then you just get a special stage that gives you extra lives or whatever, which is not what you want. <laughs> So that's annoying to be like, okay, am I at the second stage already? Yes, okay, now I can get the Chaos Emerald. But that's just to get into the special stage. Once you're in the special stage, you have to deal with the worst controls ever. We talked about the controls in the main game being bad. These are the most unresponsive, slippery, just absolute visual nonsense with no feedback. It, it is borderline unplayable. <laughs> So these are like, Sonic 2 is the one with the half pipe, right? Yes. So these are like that, but it's a full pipe, uh, and you can run around uh, the top of it. And you have to, you're basically run, racing to the end to collect the emerald, and you have to collect these colored balls, uh, which will allow you to boost. Which, by the way, is this the first incarnation of the boost idea like this? Yeah, actually. That's really interesting. But yeah, it basically gives you boost, like the boost games, I guess. Except much worse, because imagine those that, like like you said earlier, the slippery control, but now you are you have a boosting mechanic, so you're going way faster. You have to collect these colorful balls, um, which don't stand out against a co really colorful background. <laughs> yeah, just a psychedelic mess. Yeah, it's awful. And some of the balls are spike balls, which will hurt you and slow you down. It's just not With good. <laughs> And since this game is fairly low res, being on an older console, um, at a distance, which when the camera zooms out when you do the speed effect, most of them are at a distance, it can be hard to tell which is a spike ball and which isn't. Not to yep. mention, when you boost, it just messes with your controls entirely, where sometimes it will let you still turn and adjust, sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll only let you turn one direction and not the other. Uh, sometimes you just get caught on a piece of collision and are stuck. The one issue I had was that if I went above the halfway point of the pipe while having any significant amount of speed, then the character would just magnetize to the top of the pipe and just stay there. I mean, still moving forward, but you can't pick up any orbs and then you just run out of speed. And all of this... You know, if you were just kind of getting to the end, that wouldn't be a problem. And that's what the Act 1 special stages are. You just have to get to the end. You collect orbs to keep your timer going, but the timer's pretty forgiving. Um, when you're getting the Chaos Emeralds, you have to race the Chaos Emerald to the end, and you have to catch up to it. And it is infuriating. Basically, if you don't catch up to the Chaos Emerald within the first three seconds, then you're not getting it. Yeah, they suck. I did two of them and was like, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm complaining so much because I did all seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, though I will say, I don't know if this is a hot take. Special stages in Sonic games always suck. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be real. I mean, I, I'm not best one so far, these. Best ones so far have been Sonic Mania, but that's about no, it. No, honestly, ironically, I think the best ones are this version of this in the 
Sonic Heroes for or Sonic the Sonic Generations for 3DS does yeah, those this. Yeah, are actually pretty good. And I honestly think they're way better. I don't like them still, but I, <laughs> they're much better. Actually, the special stages in the Sonic Rush games, since you it's the same half pipe, but you use the stylus, so it's insanely precise. Those ones are good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we're going to spoil it. There's not much, to be quite honest. There's a last story like in the other games, which is pretty much the spoilers. <laughs> so... Yeah, the last story you have to unlock by beating all four stories and getting all the Chaos Emeralds, which is why I bothered with the special stages. Yep. So, bye. <laughs> Get out if you care. Uh, but to be real, don't don't play this game. It's Unless you're just going to play Team Rose, in which case you're not going to experience the last story anyway. All right. Yeah, I mean, if you're curious about this game, it's not awful. It's just you have to be prepared to be bored and frustrated sometimes which is not a good recommendation for a game no it's i i will say uh 75 percent of this game isn't good 25 percent is and, that's and those are the bits where you're playing as team Rose. <laughs> fair enough um so yeah goodbye see ya get out bye Obviously, I didn't get to the last story segment. I skimmed through a cutscene earlier <laughs> before I had a meeting. I do want to say it's cool that Metal Sonic is back. Yeah, That's so fun. we skimmed over. We didn't really talk about Team Dark Story since they're the only ones that have some sort of plot. The team's, Team Dark Story starts with Rouge breaking into Eggman's vault where she's looking for his secret treasure or whatever. I don't know. It's, you know, Rouge stuff. Um, but inside she discovers Shadow, who died at the end of SA2, presumably. She discovers Shadow in this weird pod. Um, but when she breaks in, she activates E123 Omega, who begins just shooting at everything in the room because he hates Eggman for locking him in a vault. <laughs> Literally the only reason. <laughs> yeah, but like, imagine you were locked in a vault for several years, presumably. Oh no, I get it. <laughs> I think I said this on Twitter. It's like, Eggman's really got to stop making sentient robots. It just doesn't pan out ever for him. If you make them sentient, you have to be nice to them. Otherwise, they're going to turn evil. Oh, man. Anyway, Shadow saves Rouge um, from Omega's onslaught. Omega states that he just hates Eggman, and uh, Shadow just wants answers because he's lost all his memories after falling to earth um so rouge instead of you know telling shadow anything is like all right let's become a team and go find eggman which is probably the most frustrating part of this plot is that rouge or anyone else doesn't tell shadow anything <laughs> like he's lost his memory and he's really confused and he's like but who am i what's going on no one tells him anything <laughs> well if they did you wouldn't have a next game oh but i wish we didn't <laughs> whatever um anyway uh partway through team dark story shadow discovers a shadow robot like an android and so 
he's all confused now that he wonders if he's actually a robot or if he's a real the real shadow or anything rouge and omega don't say anything <laughs> which is annoying rouge uh at the end of their story discovers a room filled with these shadow androids and so she's not sure if this is if the one they've been traveling with was the original um omega just says that the original must be there somewhere since they made a copy but uh you know that is just a cliffhanger that won't be resolved until you know sometime next episode <laughs> cool idea like i i like that idea i this the shadow they find originally that's the proper shadow right yes it's the real one yeah there's no way it's not okay spoilers yeah. for the end of the <laughs> next game yeah i mean yeah well. it's a it's a cool idea i just wish it was in a better game games i guess yeah we'll um, get into this next episode anyway this game's plot <laughs> throughout each character's story metal sonic has shown up and been like oh yeah i've copied their data now so once you get all of the chaos emeralds and you unlock the last story it actually shows metal sonic having all of the data he needs which includes data of the ultimate life form including Real quick, eggman is the one who hired king uh team chaotix yes they their job was sent in the mail as a walkie-talkie which is pretty great but yeah it turns out to be eggman who was imprisoned by metal sonic so eggman hired team chaotix to come break him out of prison apparently eggman though... really needs 10 hermit crabs and a bunch of torches to be burnt out and some lost chow for some reason yeah well you know <laughs> what's he doing with all that why eggman eggman things okay i didn't say this by the way before i do like the redesigned enemies in this game oh the egg pawns and whatnot yeah i think they're cool yeah, they're pretty fun um yeah there's uh since you know metal sonic is the big enemy of the game really and all the Eggmans that you fight prior are just imitations of, created by Metal Sonic or are Metal Sonic because he's a T-1000 in this game. Yes. <laughs> but since Metal Sonic is like the big enemy, I actually love that there's one moment in Hang Castle is the stage and there's a statue. Hang Castle, there's, the mechanic is that you can flip these switches and the entire level flips upside down, which is pretty neat. Um, but there's one part where you're going towards an Eggman statue, but the reverse of it is Metal Sonic with his glowing eyes. I oh, that's love awesome. that. I thought that was really a nice touch. But anyway, now that Metal Sonic has all the data, including data about the ultimate life form, Shadow, and presumably the Bio Lizard as well, he also has data on Sonic, you know, fastest thing alive, and Team Rose. Or Team Chaotix was just there to bust Eggman out of jail, so he didn't really need their data, I guess. Team Rose, he stole Froggy and Chocola Chow in order to copy the data of Chaos from Adventure 1, which is why, once he has all this data, he transforms into the me Metal Madness, which is a super giant form that looks like Chaos i love it um, which i i love i love that sort of yeah. attention to 
sort of attention to lore, but also just like cool design idea. Anyway, all the teams team up and fight Metal Sonic. Uh, Sonic, with all the Chaos Emeralds, transforms into Super Sonic, but Tails and Knuckles only get bubbles, unfortunately. We don't get Why? Super Tails and Super Knuckles. Why not make that... This whole game's about, like, team <laughs> Make that cool. I, I genuinely... It's a small thing. I'm genuinely annoyed about that. <laughs> and what's weird is that you take them into the final phase with you, the Metal Overlord, but you don't use them. <laughs> like, it said that you can use the Thunder Shoot to negate one of his attacks, but also you can just use sonic's boost to get through it so like i don't understand what the point of that was i just think this game is such an opportunity to have this like this just hella over the top moment where like literally every character gets a super form and you have to go in with all four teams and it's just insane like i don't i don't understand. think the dev team had the resources for that I, unfortunately I mean, yeah yeah i know but like it's just like what a cool opportunity that could have been. What a just a dumb, fun ending. That that would have been neat. <laughs> but it's just yeah, instead we get this generic Sonic, supersonic moment. In case you're screaming at your podcatcher about to tweet at us, Tails and Knuckles have super forms. They have super forms in Sonic Mania, but they also have their hyper forms, which were in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. But those are only if you get the hyper emeralds, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, Sonic 3 was quite the thing are you talking about yeah so they basically they had super forms before so they have forms and they just didn't use them that makes this even worse I'm even they had hyper forms and you needed the hyper emeralds to get them okay so not the chaos emeralds i mean they make you do those special stages so much they there's literally they had they could have made you collect those too <laughs> like they have special stages for no every please stupid stage no please don't <laughs> i'd swear I don't want to play any more special stages, please. <laughs> Just saying, it'd be cool to get a super Bruge and a super Amy. A, you know, I'm like, still waiting for a proper super. And it's super tales. big. That would have been hella funny. Oh, super big! Come on. <laughs> that would have been great. That's where it's at. Really disappointing. Someone draw super bigs and tweet it at us, <laughs> please. I need it. Uh, anyway, they defeat Metal Sonic, um, turning him back to normal the you know normal form from sonic cd and sonic adventure 1 and 2 multiplayer bonuses whatnot that kind of look eggman tries to sneak away without paying Cha team chaotix but they chase after him uh, Son <laughs> even though he has all this money <laughs> who's funding him who is funding him though oh my god there was some I can't remember. There was some explanation in this game as to why he has all this money, and I can't remember what it was. It wasn't a good explanation, but <laughs> Sonic and Tails they run from Amy, who's after Sonic. Uh, Rouge leaves to go look for more treasure. Knuckles follows after her, and then Omega takes Metal Sonic and is just last seen with Shadow, and then it cuts to Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles running in whatever green hill zone thing and then the game ends so team dark really doesn't get any real resolution at all no but at least they have some story <laughs> i guess i guess that's true also did you notice how in the opening cutscene tails just explodes the tornado too yes yes <laughs>
Um, it's yet again one of those things from Sonic Adventure 2 where they're like, Sonic, we need you. Come with us. Instead of taking my plane, which can fly, let's just jump out and run with you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, and that plane has definitely crashed into the mountainside and is dead. Also, I, they clearly changed the voice actors and I hate them. Oh my god, Tails' voice actor is so terrible. awful in this game. And I'm sure it's not the voice actor's fault, I'm sure it's the direction, but man. I'm sure the kid was like it. six. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's what I meant when I was like, it's got some Saturday morning cartoon vibes, which some of which I hate. And that that specifically that voice acting is what I was referencing. Yeah, Cream's voice actor is not great either. No, but that's no, probably that, like, because they are a literal child and their voice is just really high pitched. <laughs> also, the manual lists the characters' ages, which is wild. Do you got that? Hit it. Hit me with them. <laughs> uh, I don't have the manual next to me. Uh, the ones that I remember are Big is twenty years old, and. Uh, cream is six okay um those were the ones that i remembered uh omega it just lists as time of creation not known <laughs> okay fair enough uh i don't think it lists shadow's age either beca- because if it did it would be like 56 or something <laughs> yeah he's an old ass man we talked about that last time oh yeah he is Well, that was Sonic Heroes. <laughs> if you played along with us, I'm sorry. I thought this game oh. would be good. I thought this marathon was going to be three pretty good games and two bad ones. I apologize. I was wrong. Sorry. The ratio's off. I'm so sorry, everybody. And it's not going to get better in the coming weeks. Yeah, so... Uh, the next game for the show is Shadow the Hedgehog. Which was released yes. the year after. Yo, he's got uh, a gun. He does have a gun. <laughs> so basically, since Rouge or anyone in this game didn't tell Shadow anything, we get an entire game about him figuring out who he is, and we'll get into it next time. It's The Last of Us. It's The Last of Us again. Before The Last of Us. Yeah, Don't lie to somebody, that... or they'll go on a murderous rampage. That's that's what we've learned here. <laughs> <laughs> it won't end Just well. don't lie. Don't. Um, that's the moral of the story, kids. <laughs> yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog up next, whatever. We have some recommended viewing for you guys. Um, I put it in a speedrun from last SGDQ uh, for, of Sonic Heroes. It's specifically Team Chaotix. It's in 47 minutes. It's just super satisfying to watch, because... It's just fun to watch those that bull get finished very quickly. <laughs> what did you put in here? I put the very infamous Sonic Heroes Pakistan McDonald's commercial. Um, when this game was coming out, there was a big push to like push the franchise forward. So they had this game, which is primarily the reason why it was rushed, is to keep up with this sort of push. There's also the Sonic X anime. And there was these McDonald's Happy Meals Tiger Electronics games, which I wish I still had some of them because they're fantastically dumb. Um, Anyway, there's a commercial that was from Pakistan and the models in it are just ghoulish. (laughs) So go watch that. I'm excited to watch this. Um, That sounds great. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't got anything else. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're curious about this game, it's not all bad, but it's not great. <laughs> no, just play Amy's story, and I'm not, I'm not. That's not a joke for me. I'm being very serious. Just play Amy's story. <laughs> okay, uh, you can find the show at Safe Station Pod on Twitter and Insta. Uh, Cotter, where can the people find you? Yeah, you can find me at Conifer SSR on Twitter. Um, you know, just tweet at me if you ever draw that super big. Yeah, definitely. Where can they find you, Dustin? They can find me at Dustin H Dragon on Twitter. Yeah, where I'll just be tweeting stupid shit mostly about video games. I don't know if there's a live thing, I'll live tweet it very poorly if you're interested in that. Um, uh, so yeah. I thank you for listening. I apologize. And remember to be good to each other. Yeah, and take care. Bye. Stop!